Good morning. This is Mike Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cats Roundtable. This morning, I have a unique blend of an individual, a prominent real estate broker uh, who is the president of the tri-state region for Colliers International, and also a principal at Williams Equity, owners of office buildings in New York and around the country. Michael Cohn, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Michael. So we, when you and I met recently, we spoke about the myths of the office market. Talk about the, the myths of the office market. You had five different myths. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I remember all five, but I'll tell you, I, there certainly are a few myths circulating now, and I relish the opportunity to bust them. Um, I think the first myth that's circulating is the death of the B building, and this myth goes by um, the claim that all that really is of appeal right now in the commercial real estate market is the brand new, the Class A building that they are, you know, vacuuming up tenancy from older buildings and that those older buildings have lost their appeal. And it's simply not true. Uh, There is certainly no question that new buildings are attracting some tenants from older buildings. And there's a migration uh, that's been called the flight to quality. Um, and that's that's a thing that's happening. But B buildings all over the city can thrive and are thriving, and they're attack- attracting tenants who gravitate towards buildings that either have an, a, an older architectural cachet are in are centrally located. Um, one of the hats I wear, Michael, is I'm the chairman of the Flatiron uh, Nomad Business Improvement District, and I consider that part of a town the poster child for the thriving B commercial building. It's a live, work, and play neighborhood. We have residents that include uh, Elon Musk um, in the midst of our. Um, of, of our concentration. And we have lots of B buildings. I was explaining to you earlier today that we just signed a, uh, a technology tenant startup at one of our B buildings on 23rd Street, home to Home Depot. They're taking almost 70,000 square feet. And the difference between a successful B building today and a B building that may be struggling uh, has less to do with the class of building and more to do with its capitalization. And landlords who didn't um, rely on uh, market essentials that are no longer valid, market assumptions that are no longer valid. Uh, As as they say, they were assumptions. Yes, very much so. And uh, you may recall the old, when you assume... Uh, right. You, you, you take a couple of letters off. But there was also the question of that uh, uh, supply outstrips demands. There are winners and losers. Uh, work from home is the death of the office market. B buildings uh, can get hurt by the interest rates and no one will be out sh- outshaved. OK, uh, sure. So sure. let's let's try to approach some of those discussions. So um, so I uh, so I love the myth 
that um, everybody's working from home and nobody's coming back to the office. There was an article as recently as this morning in the Times today about Amazon insisting that folks return to their new Fifth Avenue building three days a week, if not more. And we see most companies, not all, but most companies ascribing to the three to four workday week and some even five days a week. And the dirty little secret is that even if you adopt a three-day work week, everybody's in the office on Tuesday and Wednesday. And you cannot use work from home as a way to have the space you occupy. It just doesn't work that way. The, the challenge to the real estate market is not the displacement of people from the office thanks to the adoption of technology um, during the COVID years. The challenge to the office market is interest rates. The inflationary cycle that we're in has prompted the Fed to increase rates to a point that I don't think anybody anticipated. And anybody that acquired or financed a building uh, within the past 10 years, which is quite a lot of people, um, uh, did so predicated on interest rates that are three or 400 basis points below where the market is today. And the interest rate is really the, um, and the, and the difficulty in sourcing debt capital for commercial real estate. That's really the story in today's market. Okay. With regard to that, how have you been able to source capital? Well, I mean, from you, you have great banking relationships, but uh, unfortunately, the banks have closed for business pretty much. Um, the head of lending for one of the household names in um, in commercial banking uh, said to me the other day, when it comes to generating commercial loans here in New York City, he has, quote, zero interest. Um, and so there are new players entering the space, folks who were accustomed to um, putting out debt at high interest rates in more perilous or uh, risky circumstances now find themselves able to achieve the same rates of return, but as senior lenders on solid real estate. And they're enjoying that opportunity of moving up, taking a giant step forward in the capital stack without having to sacrifice their rate of return. Now, what's happening with regard to conversion of office buildings? You know, the mayor has put a program sure. together. Uh, with regard to that subject? So um, the mayor uh, is encouraging, of course, that the the uh, developers and owners of office buildings consider alternative uses. And I, I see that in our portfolio. Um, everything's on the table. Is this a building that would be, uh, that if we could empty out, would make a good residential building? Um, is it a teardown? Um, is it worth? Is it more valuable as raw material than it is today? And in some cases, the answer is yes. So we're open-minded. Um, making the transition from an income-producing commercial building to raw material is difficult and expensive because you have leases that need to expire. You can't necessarily vacate a building overnight. It takes years and years of planning. And I think that with the mayor's encouragement, we'll see quite a lot of that. Um, they've also the city is also doing a an ingenious um, uh, subsidy program that they initiated for commercial buildings. They've they've got a allocation of 10 million square feet that they're 
auditioning right now for major improvements of commercial buildings and offering tax abatements. This is all being handled by the EDC. And there'll be an announcement eventually of which buildings have been identified to benefit from this program. Right, because if you don't identify the buildings, one, and if you don't settle the taxes and the incentives, there's there's really no reason for somebody to to make that capital investment. That's right. But I think that certainly the city could do more, and we look forward to hearing uh, what they have up their sleeve in terms of encouragement of rehabilitation of commercial buildings, whether it's as newer, more um, more modern commercial buildings, or for alternative uses, particularly residential and hospitality. Um, the math is pretty stark, Michael. If the vacancy rate right now, uh, the availability rate in New York is 18%, an all-time high, and that constitutes 96 million square feet, which is an awful lot. Um, the And if we could aspire to a 12% availability rate in two, three, four years, that's a reduction of about a third from 18 to 12. And the math is pretty straightforward. A third of 96 is 32 million square feet. We need to see 32 million square feet of available space get absorbed. And it's not going to be absorbed by folks adding jobs and expanding their office footprint. Much of that 32 million is going to have to be redeployed as something other than office space for us to get to even a 12% availability weight. Is it a time for a new tenant to, to negotiate? Is it a good opportunity for tenants? So as I said to a landlord today that I was commiserating with, I said, tenants are asking for the sun, the moon, and the stars. Um, often they get the sun and the moon and maybe not all the stars that they asked for. So with regard to that, how do you see the next six months? Well, uh, I think the first six months of 2023 were very quiet from a leasing standpoint. I think the second six months of 2023 are going to be much more robust. We see it in our portfolio, and I see it among my clientele. A lot of folks looking to close, uh, sign new leases by the end of this year or early next, and I think we'll see a pickup in volume. But even with that being said, chipping away at that 96 million square feet, I'm not sure we're going to even make a dent. Okay. Uh we won't worry about the dents. We're looking at a positive outlook. We all love New York City. And I'd like to thank Michael Cohn for being here on the Stoller Report. Thank you so much, Michael.